Hello and welcome to the GX podcast, the world's first podcast focused on government services and their future. In this podcast, we talk about everything related to government excellence, government service design and delivery, GovTech, and citizen engagement. Join us for insightful interviews and conversations every month. Visit us online at gx.ae. You can hang here. Yeah, because I'm getting called, so it might okay. bother you. Okay. How do you pronounce your last name? Menzer? Menzel. Menzel. Perfect. Okay, so. Enjoy this. Thank you. Okay, three, two. Hi, and welcome to the World Government Summit 2022. I'm here in Dubai with Ronald Menzel, and you're listening to or watching an episode of the GX podcast. Please welcome Ronald Menzel. Hello. Ronald, it's a pleasure to meet you and I've been waiting to have this conversation. Now, tell us, tell our viewers a little bit about yourself. Um, so I would say that I have like a, like a very strange background. I've done a lot of different things in my life. Uh, started in the music production, then at the beginning of the internet, created e-commerce for Deutsche, Deutsche Bank, then went into um, production of our planets, creating a number of uh, of NGOs, um, but what was always like the common denominator of what I did was user experience and how technology can improve and change user experience. Yeah. And then after that, um, I created, I co-created the, the company I'm working for right now, Dreamscape Immersive, which is uh, at the intersection of technology and storytelling like immersive uh, storytelling. Yeah, yeah. So where, and when did this happen, Ron? How long have you been in the immersive industry? The last five plus years? Uh, actually, yeah, seven years. Right, seven, seven years. years. So, uh, so, so the last five, approximately, you know, five to seven years have really rapidly changed how we've paid attention to or how the industry has developed with respect to experience, especially with VR, MR, so many different things are happening. Uh, not just on hardware, but also software. So there's mm -hmm. there's a lot that has happened. And if you literally look at the news right now, it's all about the metaverse. It's about experiences. You look at Hollywood, there's a lot more CGI. There's a lot more. In, you, you cannot tell people from what has been animated. Is this what we're talking about? So yeah, this is, um, we're at the moment, that is a, a transitional moment, I think, in, uh, in history. Um, before it was like really easy to differentiate the real world from a digital world. Today, uh, with virtual humans and so on, I think it's, it becomes even complicated for specialists to understand, okay, was this created by CGI or was that, that real? And also, if you remember um, the, the, the speech of Barack Obama that was created completely uh, for a computer mm -hmm. and actually I was looking at it and I was like really okay well I know that it's not real I know that he never said that yeah. but it was like really difficult for me and this was like a few years ago and I think that's now we've all seen like this uh, fake uh, videos and so on and so on mm -hmm. it's going to be more and more difficult to differentiate the, 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 the real world from the di uh, yeah. digital world yeah so what, what is the main reason that we've been able to do so much in such a short amount of time, right? I mean, look at personal computers. Mm. 30 years, it's, been, it's taken literally 30 years 
for computers now to be everywhere. Cell phones, 10, 10 plus years from, you know, from the old flip phones to what we have now, you know, where, where we're using them every, every day. What is happening with VR? What is happening with these immersive experiences? Why the rapid acceleration? I would say that in technology in general um, has, is uh, evolving on an exponential curve. That's uh, something that has happened since, uh, since era. So that's not something that is, uh, that is new. Uh, but I would say that right now it, it becomes like really visible, really spectacular, and, and you can see changes every, every year. Uh, for us, we're in the industry, it's still going too fast. We still think, okay, we all thought it would go faster. But if you take like a, little bit, a step back and look at the changes between five years ago and today, then you see that there, there were like a, a, an amazing number of, of improvements. Yeah. And this is going to continue. Yeah. Uh, and I think a lot has to also do with um, hardware, developments in hardware, developments in uh, microprocessor capacity, right? There used to be the uh, the law of uh, where where microprocessor capacity would double yeah. every few years, but I think that record has been shattered, and it's not it's quadrupling every every uh, couple of years. That's um, th that's correct, and um, what we're sorry, I, can we just like uh, restart this yeah, uh, yeah, expression? Yeah, of course. I, I just forget what of I was uh, just just I was go with the yeah, stream. Yeah. Um, okay, so if we look at uh, VR, why did VR evolve so fast? So VR is not like a new technology, it's an old technology that started already in the, the 60s, 70s and so on. There were a number of iterations, but actually what made this iteration of VR feasible was the development of cell phones. So basically screens, small screens, yeah. uh, then gyroscopes uh, and so on. So basically all these technologies that were developed for mass production of uh, phones yeah. then could be integrated into VR headsets yeah. and make this available. Yeah, yeah. And you know what, it's, it's a funny story. I, I went to NASA once uh, on a tour and I saw the computers they used to launch the first shovel or something in space and I couldn't believe I was seeing the real thing. I just couldn't believe it and I said to myself, these cannot be the computers that sent the first man into, into, into the moon. And so they say that the, the phones we're using today are a thousand times more, 10,000 times more powerful. That's correct. Uh, where do you see this going? Where is computing capacity going, especially with respect to how does it impact VR or that experience? Help, help us understand what, you're, what you think of it. I think that that's, it's always very difficult to project accurately into the, the future. Um, if you look at science fiction, science fiction is very good at predicting trends, but science fiction is quite bad at actually predicting how the things are going, really going to look like. Look at um, like touch screens. So like in the 70s, yeah. in uh, Hollywood uh, science fiction movies, you had this touch screen that actually the touchscreen were based on the tube television yeah. technology. Mm -hmm. So it's it's like quite easy to understand what the concepts are going to be, mm -hmm. but it's going to be difficult to understand how it's going to, uh, to look like. So I, I would say it's difficult for me to predict something. What I know is that the changes we're going to see in the coming 10 years are going to be incredible. Yeah. When you're mixing actually different technologies that are developed in parallel, 
like uh, AI, like virtual humans, so like CGI and so on, you're just going to, to open so many new possibilities. And I think that's where we should focus on rather than the technology is, okay, application of this technology. Because the technology is going to evolve so fast yeah. that if you don't use it for something that makes sense, mm -hmm. we're just creating things that, that just don't yeah. make sense. Yeah. I mean, if you look at consumer, the consumer industry, you look at uh, anything within consumer industry, gaming is uh, uh, you know, an example we can talk about. But, but let's, let's talk about government services as an example. And I want to talk about some of the things that are happening here in the UAE, in the United Arab Emirates, in Dubai, in, the U in Abu Dhabi, as an example in terms of the adoption of technology. Uh, the UAE government has a very strong focus on technology. We know that they have an AI program, they have a blockchain program, they have uh, other things going on. But over the years, they have focused a lot on something called experiences, government experiences and technology, I believe will be a big part of enabling that or making it happen. Uh, how do you accelerate services? How do you, you know, reduce the friction between services and delivering those services to citizens? Do you anticipate or do you see uh, immersive technologies coming into play when it comes to service delivery in general? It could be anywhere in the world. Yeah. Uh, how do you see that? So, definitely immersive technologies are going to have a, a huge impact on, uh, on government services. What is the reason? The reason, so basically government services, this is a service. So this is basically someone who gives a service to someone else. So this is an interaction. Yeah. Right now, the interaction are either with real people in the real world, yeah. this is one thing, or then purely digital. Um, what is complicated uh, with governments is like all the legacy you have. Mm -hmm. And so basically, if you want to do the transition between uh, like a massive legacy and something that is using the possibilities of technology, yeah. it becomes like super complicated because you need you have like so many different uh, stakeholders. You need to, it just takes time. So today, if we would be able to de develop something like a user experience, a government services user experience from scratch. We would be able to do something that is pretty, uh, pretty amazing. Yeah. But this is going to take a lot of time. Yeah. In the UAE, the good thing, and that's also the reason why they're they're so advanced, is that decisions are made in a quite central way. So mm -hmm. basically, when something is decided, okay, then there is a path towards uh, towards that. Where I see the the biggest application of uh, immersive technologies is basically in interaction. So interaction, you're going to have interaction with real people. And that's super, super important. We never, we should never forget that this is something that's the most precious. But then there are a lot of other things where like AI avatars yeah. could discuss with you, could give you a personalized information, could like really help you. And I think that it's going to be this mix between, um, I would say like the productivity and the quality of the, of the, the, the relation that is going to be the, the future. So like, what is really important is not to go into one direction or into yeah, another direction, yeah. but it's going to look at actually where does technology bring the, the most advancements and actually where do human people, what could human do to like really increase the quality of the experience you're going to have with uh, interacting with governments. Of course, I, I, have a, I want to talk a little bit about how do you see the future evolution of user experience development? And I want to ask you about hardware and software and ask you, how do you 
see that change in the future. In terms of hardware, um, what we realize is that development of hardware takes time. So this is something that is certain. Uh, five years ago, we like really dreamt about uh, the airs that were much more powerful than what they are right now. Yeah. But it's just like a normal, this was a hype, and now we're just like in a normal uh, uh, curve development of, mm -hmm. uh, of, of hardware, that's something. So at one point, it's going to become uh, something that's going to be as common as screens, and we're going to use a VR headset, a AR headset, a screen, whatever, it's just going to be a mix yeah. of yeah. Uh, the devices to display uh, information. So everything needs to be become less bulky, easier to, to use. We realized that so this was still complicated yeah. to use like a VR headset. You need to yeah. put it on your head. Uh, you need to plug it into a computer. Yeah. Then you want to stand up, and uh, so like all this uh, this yeah. problems. So there are going to be a lot of um, of evolution on the hardware side mm -hmm. to make something like really simple yeah. as a phone. Right now, it's just going to do the things you want it to do when you switch it on. And you don't need to spend like five hours to understand how it uh, how it works. So that's a normal normal process. And uh, when like VR is still uh, a niche, uh, we're having uh, thirty million people uh, owning a VR headset, which is like nothing. Yeah. But when we're going to move from this thirty million to three hundred million and to three billion people, then actually the the, the, the progress and the evolution of the hardware is going to be much uh, much faster. On the software side, we saw a lot of investments in game engines. Epic uh, uh, raised uh, a couple of, uh, of billion, uh, and this is incredible thing. That's basically uh, what was like a, a gaming uh, yeah. video game uh, company now becomes something that is that goes way beyond video games. So yeah. like the application of CGI, uh, of course, are used in uh, in cinema in video games. But in now a lot of new application in the real world in terms of uh, training and simulation, education, and so on and so on. Mm -hmm. So this is interesting because I believe that these game engines are going to be become like operating systems yeah. uh, for our our future. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so when you so let's talk about this this these two aspects that you just mentioned, and I'm really floored because the possibilities of the future. There's so many things that can happen, right? There. Are, many directions we can go into. So let's talk hardware. Do you see hardware becoming affordable? Do you see it becoming maybe as our glasses? Would, would, is that something you perceive could happen in the future? Or will it just vanish altogether and we'll have maybe 3D environments or I, I don't know. Yeah. So I would say that we need to, to look at that on different time frames. Of course. Yeah. So let's start with like a short time frame. So something that is kind of predictable, let's say the next 10, 15 years or something like this. Um, yeah, this is going to be become a commodity. It's going to look much more like the, the glasses you have right now, yeah. already like the, the latest iteration of mm -hmm. uh, Magic Leap or so on. They start already to, be good, to get at the, this level. 5G, uh, cloud computing are going to, uh, to be to, to allow a lot of, of, uh, of, uh, of uh, possibilities in this, uh, this field. So this is like going to be like a normal evolution. But then if you ask me, okay, what is, what is it going to look like in 20, 25 years? Are we still going to look through a device mm -hmm. to see this digital environment? Or are we going to be, have something that is directly giving an input into uh, our brain where we're going to just visualize uh, yeah. this, this space? Yeah. And this is quite interesting because when you're looking at, uh, if you're 
taking these devices where you're looking through, basically you're still linked to the laws of physics. So basically if, you, if you're moving, you, you have the gravity yeah. uh, and so on and so on. So the limitation of what people are used to in video games where they can fly, where basically they can get out of, uh, of the laws of physics yeah. are not possible. And so this is, this is like a big limitation of what you can uh, do uh, in VR, AR without uh, motion sickness and so on and, yeah. and so on and so on. But then if you look at this other iteration, I don't know if it's, if it's going to be possible, I have no, yeah. no idea. <laughs> but if it was possible, then basically you could directly lie to your brain and you can, could make your brain believe that's what you digitally yeah. see is yeah. is real. So I, I think that that's that's something that is quite interesting to yeah. uh, to, to think about. Absolutely, and you know when you look at things from let's say a government perspective, and technology on the other hand is just going in so many different directions. You're you're talking about brain implants, for, for example, and we have Neuralink, we have other companies that are experimenting with that, uh, but governments cannot implant implants into people and say, okay, now we're going to deliver you services, right? There's all this, this futurescape of government services is, is so interesting. But what I, what I, what I would say, I, I think it's very much possible that, you know, if you walk into a future service center, if they exist in the future, you know, you, you might have a lot more interactivity because of the technology maybe that's embedded on the wall. I don't know, you might be able to use gestures or something to do something, I don't know. Um, oh, this is clearly possible, this right. is possible today. So yeah. basically today, like the technologies of today allow to do a lot of things yeah. uh, you're, you're talking about. Yeah. So this is clearly possible, not, but now it's about uh, yeah, just like recreating this uh, user experience and it's going to take time. To, to get there but this is something that is definitely, um, definitely possible. yeah what I what I see is also maybe kind of the how technology can use different things in order to create an outcome for example how can we use voice recognition in a service center as an example to deliver services so I walk into a service center and I don't have to input my name maybe I can just talk to the system there and it recognizes my voice because every voice has a specific imprint. Mm -hmm. uh, or you know, you can also scan your iris. But when it comes to that interactivity, when it comes to that frictionless interactivity, you can just walk in and say, "Hello, artificial system," and it would just recognize you and say, "Oh, hello, good morning, John," and you know, or whoever, and and it starts that. So I think that seamless integration of our life with technology. Uh, services whether it's private sector or government whatever it is you know booking an airline ticket walking to an airport mm -hmm. um, is 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 really mind-boggling and i think uh, we're headed into a very exciting time um as we go on we see a lot of this in hollywood right and you you are connected to mm -hmm. that grid help us understand what are you seeing in maybe in hollywood that helps us understand some real things that might happen in the next few years yeah I would say that Hollywood is always talking in, uh, in black and white. Uh, that's normal. If you want to do something uh, that is exciting, uh, you're not going to do what the real world is about. That means a nuance. And the real world is always going to be a nuance uh, and so on. Um, as I said, Hollywood was always um, very good at understanding or at displaying this kind of like 
concepts, mm -hmm. but of course they were like super exaggerated. Yeah. Um, if you look at a lot of movies in the 80s, 90s, uh, 2000s, uh, Space Odyssey, Terminator, mm -hmm. uh, Robocop, The Matrix, uh, War Games, and, and so on. So uh, these were all movies that told us that technology is controlling us instead of being at the service Correct. of mankind. Correct. And do we want to live in this uh, world? I personally, I wouldn't want to live in this world. Yeah. So this is interesting to see that yeah, all the things are possible, mm -hmm. but now we need to decide what is good for, for us. And this is why I even uh, being part of a, of a high tech company, I really hope that everybody's still going to remember that, uh, that we live on, the, in, on a real planet. Yeah. I always say that if you look at the future, you need to look back. Because if you look at the things that did not change for mm -hmm. 2000 years, well, there's a reason for, for, the, for that. And the, the reason of evolution being something that is perfect, that perfected our world, mm -hmm. uh, is there, and this, this means that uh, it's not because we can develop something with technology that we're going to do something that is as good as as thousands of, of, uh, of years of evolution allowed to, to do. So uh, always look at what is needed for us instead of just creating something because technology allows to create something that is cool. Very rightly said, you know, try and solve problems and then you will find the tools mm -hmm. rather than take the tool and then try to find the problem that you can solve with it. Exactly. Um, uh, Ronald, help me understand, uh, and our audiences and listeners and viewers understand, uh, maybe some of the things we can do as we head into this society of uh, virtualization or VR or MR or the metaverse, so many different definitions. What can we do to get into it responsibly? It's going to be the same answer. Just think about what is important for you, what is important uh, for, for human beings. Okay. Uh, I believe that what is really the essence of human beings is relationships. Yep. It's uh, okay, you need to eat, you need to um, enjoy sceneries, you need to meet people. This is what is really important. Yep. And let's try to use the technology in a way that it helps to do that rather than uh, separating us. When we created Dreamscape, so what we wanted to do was using technology to allow people to get out of their homes, meet in a place, do an amazing technology in the metaverse, yeah, yeah. and then actually go out and have a drink together to discuss about the experience yeah. that they had. Yeah. So this is all about bringing people out of separation mm -hmm and having them enjoy something that is like super cool yep. because uh, yeah, yeah, technology allows to do super cool things, things that you cannot do in the, the real world, Absolutely. Uh, and then talk about it. And the second thing is, is, okay, don't try to replicate with technology what you can do in the real world. You're always, it's always going to be better in the real world mm -hmm. than through, uh, through technology. But actually do with tech or use technology to do something that is not possible to do in the, in the real world. It's not possible to, uh, for most of us to travel to the moon or to Mars or 
or to be uh, miniaturized at the, at the level of yep. the molecule yep. to explore your body and so on. So these are all the things that are super cool for technology. Uh, but all the things that you can do in the real world are always going to be cooler in the, in the real world. Yeah, amazing, amazing. And I think there's a great lesson in there uh, for, for any entity, private, public, to, you know, think of, as you said, you know, think about what people want, whether it's, you know, they want to stand there and wait. Nobody want, likes waiting for anything, right? Mm -hmm. So how do we create those experiences? I think, I think a lot of this will be experimentation. A lot yeah. of this has to be, you know, uh, smaller groups. It has to be focus group. It has to be smaller test pilots. Uh, and I think that's a great way to do it. You know, do smaller pilots and see what the interaction is, how, it, how your audiences and people respond. And there's also, I mean, every society is connected with technology and through technology, but many people do not have technology. They will not have a VR headset or they might not buy a VR headset. Uh, it'll be super interesting to see in the future how, how, do, how do we eliminate maybe hardware so that the software can do it all. I don't know, you know, there's so many things. Well, I guess that's the, there will always need to be an interface of course. between between the brain and uh, and the digital uh, world, our computer. Uh, so there, there's always going to be uh, something that's that's a piece of, of hardware that's connecting uh, uh, that. But what I would also say is have fun. Like right now, when I think about government services, it's just like always okay. That's going to be another nightmare. Yeah. Like going to, to spend like so much time going from there to there to have this and then go back there and, and so this is this is a personal yeah. experience that yeah. took me like uh, four days of back and forth to do like one single uh, document and I just hated that yeah. because yeah. nobody wants to uh, let's just do it in an efficient way but don't also like in a fun way so put some uh, some humor put some storytelling into it don't be like just like uh, bland just try to to make it yeah, take a little bit of uh, what people love which is entertainment yeah. storytelling and so on and actually augment this experience that is like necessary but, but boring by just adding, yeah, using technology to make it more efficient, more fun, and so on and so on. Absolutely. Well, it's been such a pleasure speaking with you, Arnold. Thank you for joining us here on the GX podcast, and uh, we definitely look forward to following you and, and your work in the future. So thank you so much. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm.